everybody, welcome to the Together We Thrive podcast. Here we have is Dave Stones. Dave, how are we doing? I'm really good, John. You? Absolutely wonderful, mate. So, Dave, you're good. the um, you're you're the marketing sales and marketing director at BB Press, which um, you bring 20 years worth of experience in this space from uh, directorship in six different roles, and you know, is that right? Six different roles and 10 different sales manager. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, pretty much. It's um, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, you've you've obviously been looking at my LinkedIn profile. Always, John. always. always. You got to you got to do your recon. You got to do your research. Yeah. Don't you? Good man, good man. Tell me a little bit about this. I mean, what, what have you seen that's happened in, in the last the last decade, never mind the last two? I think I think the first thing is when you kind of say 20 years, it's like it genuinely don't feel 20 years. I mean, I was having this conversation the other day. It just, you know, it just it's just it's just gone like so quickly. And and to think 20 years, it's just like wow. Um I think I think a lot's changed. Um, you know, and it's 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 amazing how um you know the the same conversations are, are coming up at the moment where you reflect on i guess with with lockdown and everything it gives you time to reflect on where you've been and what you've done um i think for me the biggest thing that's kind of changed is um but then again it all kind of went into chaos when um when when the pandemic came along but i think the biggest change that i've seen over the years is that that link with marketing that you know that that connectivity and about how I guess over the years it was always like two separate functions and um and now it's really great that that's kind of coming together and it's seen as one and they're equally as important um so yeah. I think I think that's the biggest change um I think in terms of you know just kind of being pragmatic I suppose in terms of like skills needed in order to you know if I just if I take my management role away and just put my salesperson hat on which is you know something that um I think it's really important that as a sales manager, sales director, head of sales, whatever you want to call it, that you still roll your sleeves up and you get involved. And, and we had this conversation earlier. Um, I think for me, it's really important that when you're leading a team, that you have the ability still to roll your sleeves up and get involved. And yeah. from a total sales perspective, um, you know, out and out salesperson, which if you cut me in half, that's pretty much what what I am. I think um, that's changed a lot, um, obviously, and it's changed because of the plethora of um, kind of tools, if you like, that are available to you as a salesperson. You know, we've had this conversation many times before, and I guess if you go back to your days, like in your first job where you're like knocking on doors and stuff, you know, the tools that you had available then and nowhere near the amount of tools or the quality of tools that you've got available now. So um, I, I'd, I'll probably get shot down for saying this, but I I don't find sales difficult. Yeah, I think that with the tools that you've got available, I think it's it's not easy right now because of the pandemic, but in terms of like the actual going through the process, you know, going through the sales process and, and getting that new customer, I think it's easier now than what it's ever been. And that's not me taking anything away from the fact that, you know, some people do find it quite difficult, but I just mean with the resources that's available to you, I believe it's easier now than what it was 20 years ago. But I, I don't know how you feel about that. You I, might I think be... it's, do you know, it's really interesting in, in terms of what you're saying there, because I think that what this pandemic's done, I, I agree, it's made it very challenging, but I think it's only challenging if that's the way you look at it. I think what it has done is it's it's almost humanised people more than they've ever done before because they realise that everyone's got challenges and problems, whereas once upon a time, they're picking up that phone up, they're cold calling or they're sending that messages and they don't really give a shit about the person on the other end. They're just trying to sell products. Now... Yeah what they're thinking is actually shit that that person has got issues. They've got kids hanging on their legs and their feet. And actually I can relate to that a lot more now. So, do you know, if they give yeah. me a shitty answer or do, do give me some pushback, I can maybe relate a little bit better now so I can understand. And by doing that, it allows me to communicate better and really try and help and serve them better as well. And I think that that's a really good thing that's come out of this, which then reinforces what you're saying about actually it kind of makes it easier. Yeah, for sure. I think that, the word, the word I'm about to say is that using the word like humility, 
I've never really, I've never heard that word used so much in my entire life than over the last six months, really yeah, six yeah, to twelve yeah, months. Yeah. And it's it's quite interesting what you're saying because, you know, it is, and and people, you know, you do have to give a shit. You know, like you say, it's not anybody that's in that kind of transactional world, which is just just so robotic and and people not showing any humility or empathy. It's just it's just not going to work and i and i do agree um that's been a real focus for people over the last kind of six 12 months yeah definitely so i i i, I was on um clubhouse are you on clubhouse yet by the way no i'm not i've uh we we i've seen the products i've seen a lot of stuff on linkedin um we we've just started using a similar i guess it's kind of similar but a product called key um but as I understand with Clubhouse, that's more, is that more audio, more it's audio, audio chats? It's only yeah. audio, yeah. But I mean, yeah. the reason I've, I've referenced that is I, I last, was it last Wednesday or the Wednesday before I did the first, like, it's like a, a room and you can, so we were the panel and then you were people asking questions and stuff. And yeah. we finished by one of the questions that were asked uh, at the end is like, you know, what's, what's one of the biggest tips that you can have that you can give somebody this year in terms of how they can market effectively, sell better and, and, and do stuff. And all of them were asking, like they're all saying, use video, do this, do audio, whatever it is, podcast. And I just said, you know, just give a shit. Yeah. Like yeah. That's, that's the best advice I can give anybody this year is, you know, yeah. like don't worry about the automation and the tools and the video and all that kind of stuff. That's that's there, do you know, give a shit and, and, and you'll sell better. Like ultimately yeah. that's gonna make a big difference. For sure. And, and I think to add to that, um, something else which comes up on a fairly regular basis as well is just be honest. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. that's really important as well yeah. um, because because people will see through it and like you said, why give a shit, think, be honest. Why do you think people find it so hard to be honest though? I don't know. I mean, that, do you that, think that's that, a sales, is it a sales trait? Maybe, maybe. I think, I think, um, you know, over the years, I think people, um, people will always try and find a way to um, add leverage, for want of a better word. And I think, you know, depending on um, the, the kind of business that you are, the kind of person you are, you know, you might stretch the truth. You know, you'll, you'll have been in situations before where people are just damn right, just lying, you know, in order to, you know, and I, and I think, I think that kind of boils down to, the kind of person that you are but if we if we take that right back as well um it really boils down to your own individual values but the values of a business as well uh, and you know i think yeah. that's happening a, a lot more we're having in terms of our business at bb press we um we're doing a lot of work with sustainability at the moment and you know the environment and it's really at the forefront of everybody's minds and when you start to look at that you get a lot of content and there's so many smoke and mirrors, it's unbelievable, right? Mm. And the point is, is that when it's a subject that people don't really know that much about, yes, they've heard of it. Yes, they'll have listened to and seen David Attenborough on TV and doing his stuff, quite rightly so, he's an amazing guy. Um, that's, that's what they know about it. But when you start to get involved into the nitty gritty in terms of how can we as a business or an organization or a, sure. a humanity make a difference? Yeah. There are so many stretches of the truth for want of a better word and, 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 and people will see through it. And I think in that instance, it's about just being honest. Yeah. Um, but I think to answer your question, I think that bit about being honest, I think, I just think ultimately when you get into that, I don't know, call it fight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. Some people will do or say anything, right? Yeah. And, do you think uh, it's do you think it's bad bad leadership, bad management that's the you know, the cushion them, you've got a target, make sure you get your dials in, make you do do whatever you need to do to get that deal. Is it is it bad leadership, bad management? Possibly. Um it could possibly be that, you know, in certain instances that um, you know, people react to pressure in different ways. Um, you know, I've I've been in situations over, you know, that that 20 years where, you know, you've had certain um, you know, you've been in certain environments which are really pressurized. Mm -hmm. Um I think you have to be careful and I've seen it firsthand and I'll be honest, I've I've been involved firsthand over the over, you know, at the beginning of my career. The problem is that pressure shows through. So, you know, if you are under pressure as a salesperson, whether you're performing or not, or just whether the business is not performing, I think that pressure comes through in in your voice, in the way you are. You know, you might typically do a quote for somebody, 
you can tell the guys that are under pressure because an hour after receiving a quote, they're on the phone going, what's the price looking like? When can I start? What, you know, trying to, trying to do the close quite quickly. So I think, I think that pressure can show through and you, you could argue that that is a, you know, that is either one or two things. It's a, it's a, it's a kind of bad leadership or it's the fact that that individual just doesn't handle that amount of pressure very well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going back to the analogy of the, and I always kind of take it back to football is that as a, as a football manager, you, you've got different players that react differently to different situations. You know, okay. you've got the players that need their arm around the shoulder. You've got other players yeah. that need a real good kicking up the backside yeah. and, and people react to things in different ways. Um, so yeah, you, you know, the, the leadership, I think, the thing about the leadership is that what a good leader would definitely be able to do is identify which of his team are struggling and yeah. and do something about it. And um, you know, I think that that's one of the things at the moment where you know, and I actually put this on. I think it was on LinkedIn the other day. It was some I can't remember. I replied to a post, um, and it was about you know leaders in the pandemic and this, that, and the other, um, and. I kind of said something like, you know, I wonder how many leaders are actually rolling the sleeves up and leading from the front rather than sat in their ivory towers, just barking orders. Sure. And, uh, you know, so, you know, for me, I think it's really important that, you know, I want to, I want to be that person that, um, that is seen to be trying to make a difference and lead from the front, not just letting the guy sink. And that's, yeah, that, yeah. that's just me. Yeah, totally. No, I, I get that. It's, and, and I think that, like, it's interesting in terms of when you were talking about, like, the, the proposal, the quotation, and, the, you know, the, and I think that that's a, a big a big thing that I see what I'm teaching people is, you know, to come away from just sending that PDF, you know, actually, I just jump on some video, whether it's Vidyard or even just YouTube or whatever it is on a private URL, and actually do a, do a Zoom where you record yourself talking them through the proposal, saying, right, guys, so here's the things that you said are important. It's, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. This is what our solution looks like, which solves them problems right there as well. And the investment, rather than price, because obviously we know investment sounds a lot better, the investment for this is X, and that's what the rules, and, and then go through the result, and then send that across to them on a video. And if you're using Vidyard, obviously you can track everything. Yeah, totally. I think, um, you know, one of the things that we've made a big change to our business over the last kind of 12, 18 months is is Vidyard. And, you know, in terms of that scenario, the way that we now do things and we have, you know, rules is a bit of a strong word, but kind of guidance is to say, look, if you're doing a quote for the first time for a brand new customer, irrelevant of what the value of that quote is, what I'd like you to do is send them across a video the quote would be actually on the screen and you'll be in the bottom corner talking yeah. as you're scrolling up and down yeah. the quote. Yeah. Um, what we also do is have some pretty simple guidance that kind of goes, look, if it's a quote that's worth over, you know, 2000 pounds, for example, do the same thing. Um, so that's definitely been a big change in our business where we've used technology to try and, because like you say, if you're sending that proposal over um, and I like to, it's just funny little things. I like to use the word proposal as opposed to quotation. Don't know why it just seems to work like your, you know, the, the example you used earlier. Um, I think when you send that over, if all you're sending is a quote, yeah, all you're ever going to be compared against is a thing at the it's, bottom, which is the yeah, price. The price, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So what we've tried to do is have that totally embedded within our business that when we send out a quote over a certain value or the quote for a new customer, we're building a story behind it. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about it, it's no different from, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago where you'd email the quote a customer and you'd say, right, I'm going to ring you in a minute. And you you'd talk about it over the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the difference is, is the good thing about using, you know, a product like Vidyard or any video doing it as a video is that the customer or prospect can watch that at their leisure, daytime, nighttime, middle of the night. Yeah. And they're not asking queries because if you've done a good enough job in the first place of identifying what the potential queries are going to be before you've even done the quote, you can answer those queries as part of that video send. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's been really, really key for us, John, to be honest. It, it works really well. And I, I think as well, what you can really do is you can really gel and, 
uh, you can really gel with the, the the champion that you've got in that business as well. Do you know the actual whoever it is, whether it's the sales director, MD, like whoever it is. And I think that the good thing with the video is, like you say, if, if I'm sending it to Dave, but Dave needs Barry to sign it off. Yeah. Then Dave can send a video to Barry that makes it a lot easier than him trying to reiterate it as well. And, and I suppose one of the things that I like to do with with things like that is actually address the video to Barry, but but bring Dave into it as well. So saying, hi, yeah. Barry, you know, Dave's, I've been working really closely with Dave, you know, and, and, and this is what we've talked about so far as well. You know, what a great guy. Um, he's asked me to put this together as well. And, and, and you know, and it's all, and, and it's all like Dave's like, shit, this is, this is great. It makes you feel special. Yeah, exactly. I think you can only do that though, and it and it comes back to a lot of times when we talk about this. Is you you can only do that if you've done your own work in the first place, you know. Yeah. And that's and that's really about those key questions that you know we, we talk yeah. about often as part of that discovery call. Yeah, mm. um, it's all about who's the decision maker, isn't it? Yeah. Without that information, it's all that video is ever going to be is sent to the guy that doesn't make the decision and nice. doesn't send yeah. it on <laughs> because he doesn't want his boss to think that he thinks that everybody thinks that he's making the decisions, you know? Um, so, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, it's having that upfront contract. Yeah. You know, like, like, so Dave, this is what's going to happen. You know, blah, 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 blah. After this, you know, like we're going to then send this to the next stage, which usually from past experience with companies like yourself, it, it has to go to the MD for them to sign it off. You know, if yeah. once we've gone through this, are we okay to proceed to that next step? Yeah. And yeah, you, put that sure. up front, you put that upfront contract in play and, and Dave's under no illusion about what's going to happen next. He knows that this next step involves Dave having to go to see the MD to say, can we sign this off? Yeah, no, for sure, mate. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, it has been like, don't underestimate it, a real game changer for us, mm. you know, video. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, not, and, and not just in terms of contractual level, like <laughs> even, even internal communication, you know, like... Yeah hours and hours and hours that typically spent um, typing out like long and laborious emails, you know, just, just, just send them a quick video, 30 seconds. Yeah, 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 you yeah. can say something in 30 seconds that'll take you 10 minutes, 10 minutes to, to type. To, to type. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the other side, which has been like a real uh, key point for us is videos to engage with new prospects. You know, we were able to, you know, engage in a way that we were not able to before. And the response rates are, remarkable you know because when we went into the pandemic um there were some stats that came out from hubspot i don't have them to hand but it basically showed you email open rates literally dropping off a cliff yeah. so you know the minute everybody starts to work at home the minute yeah. everybody starts to go on furlough yeah. the, the stats of worldwide even email open rates just drop yeah. off a cliff yeah what did start to happen though was um web hits um, and page views started to go up that's because people had more time at home to to, right. to search and, and, and do all this kind of stuff and do their own research. So while emails went down, web hits went up. What we did very cleverly, um, I suppose, going back to kind of March, April, was really up to our video. And we was like, right, so people are opening emails. People are answering work phones. Nobody's really given out personal mobile numbers because obviously why would they? So what we then did is we switched to um, messaging on social media platforms because what you can obviously see quite easily is when somebody was last active on things like LinkedIn, you know? So, um, you know, you can see when you send them a message, not always, but typically what will happen is when they read the message, it will put the picture in the bottom right-hand corner so you can see whether it's been read or not. Yeah. So you started to see when people were last active and you was like, hang on a minute, this person's kind of either on furlough or working from home. They're not answering my emails, but I can see that they're actually liking stuff on social media or commenting on stuff on social media. So quite quickly, we changed our strategy to be more of a, I guess, a social social strategy um, as opposed to the traditional emails or phones. And, and again, dead basic, really, um, you know, not, not, not rocket surgery, as I call it, but it just, you know, it just worked. And um, the, the point is, is that we all adapt and you try different things. And if it works, you do it. And if it doesn't, you try something else. Exactly. I'm, I, mean, I think that that's the thing is that sales now, more more so than probably ever, I think you need to become a scientist. So test things, split tests, like what works, yeah. what doesn't work. If if email works, do more email. You know, like if calls work, do more calls. Like just keep testing and, and, and become that like mad scientist. You know, like start yeah. exploring around and, and looking what's going on. I, 
Totally agree. I mean, what? How have you found like? And I was having this conversation with somebody. Um, we've just just recruiting for a new salesperson actually, and uh, I was having this conversation with a recruitment company the other day. But how have you found? And I guess you might be slightly different, so you might want to answer it in terms of like the way that some of your clients work. But how have you found hours at the moment? Like by that I mean. When are you having them conversations? When are you engaging with people? Because I'll be honest, at this moment in time, I typically get more engagement way after five o'clock than what I've ever done. So, you know, I'm having conversations with MDs, CEOs, you know, marketing directors on on LinkedIn, for example, at 10 o'clock at night, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I just wondered how you're finding... Um, but, I know you'll be different, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no, it's 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 a good question, and I think that that firstly, before I answer it, what I will say is that I think you've got to be very careful in having these these dialogues outside of your traditional business hours, because what you're actually doing is you you're building a rod for your own back in many ways, because then yeah. you become accessible at all yeah. fucking times of the day, yeah, you know, yeah. and that yeah. becomes dangerous going forward, especially when you start working with each other. Yeah. Um, but but I I'm, I'm the same. I've I've had people messaging me back, you know, seven, eight, nine, nine o'clock at night, and I'm. It's hard to do, but I've been very tempted to respond, and I'm like to respond, and I'm like, do you know what? No, I'm going to do it in the morning. Yeah. Or if I can, if it's on email, I'll I'll reply, but I'll schedule it to go out in the morning. Right. Okay. Because yeah, as you're aware, you can do that with HubSpot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm just very cautious that I don't want to become too accessible because yeah. I want to keep my life in 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 order as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I and I and I could definitely see that from from your perspective. But I'm just thinking if you're if you're out and out as a sales guy, you know, desperate to get numbers in. I'm just thinking of how people are at the world at the moment, desperate to get numbers in. You know. I know those conversations are are going off like all the time, and I just I just think it's interesting that because people are, and it's probably because people are working from home, they're probably struggling with that switch that off switch off time, you know. And a lot um, of people are. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. are. Um, I think I think there's also a, a bit of psychology play that comes into this as well. You know yourself, like when you don't have something that you want, you want it even more. And, yeah. and, and, and and you'll be, you know, like, especially if you're a kind of person that's a little bit of an overthinker as well, you'll be running a thousand different solutions and, and orientations around in your head thinking, what's going on? Like, why aren't they responded? Do they not want my business? Do they want my business? Are they not interested? Like, <laughs> yeah. And you'll be running around all these different things. And then when they respond, the next day, you're like, oh my God, they responded. Like, here we go. Yeah. And, and so I think that, again, you know yourself, sales is about slowing it down. Do you know, it's yeah. not about go, 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 go. It's about knowing when to go but when to slow it down as well it's about control isn't it to a certain extent it's about you know controlling things at the at the right pace and there are times where you know typically in a business where you do need to speed things up because you know the pipeline's not great or you know i don't know um, a job's dropped off on a press tomorrow morning and now we've got to try and fill it with something else otherwise it's going to be stood still so you know but i think i think you're right it's all about getting control and I think I think if we're all honest with each other, nobody wants to live a life at 150 miles an hour. Yeah, you can do that at 20 years old, but you can't do that at 50 years old. Um, so you're right. I think it's it's recovery time, and, I, and it's, yeah. it's one of the things I've said for many years. Which you know, it's a bit controversial, but but I, I stand by it. Is that I I don't str- I don't think stress is a bad thing. I think no. stress is a really good thing. Like like you look at it in a concept of growing your guns. Now you want to build some muscles. And get some big arms. You have to put them under a massive amounts of stress, so much stress that the actual muscle rips yeah. and repairs stronger. Yeah. Um, the thing that makes them re- like grow is not necessarily just the ripping; it's the recovery time. Yeah, yeah. And I think that we're the same. We're just one big muscle, aren't we? A muscle yeah. brain, like. And and so I think that we can stress ourselves like that the head's always going to give up before the body the body can take so much more than what the the, the mind can do you know the mind yeah, the brain yeah, yeah. it surrenders way too easy Joe. we get ourselves, yeah. we talk ourselves out of shit yeah. and and I, and I believe that you know if we start to understand that better and and give ourselves ample recovery time like like stress is not the enemy recovery time is yeah yeah um, so, so, so I, I love it though. I love all this kind of stuff. It's, it's just so fascinating. And I think that one of the things that, that I've always kind of dialed back into is, is understanding you because I, I find once you like the, for me personally, the, the more I understand about John, 
the better I understand everybody else. Do you know, yeah. everyone else makes so much more sense the more I discover about me. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and, I, and I, I are you are you are you still discovering stuff about you even uh, even now? Do you know? Always, like, always, always, yeah. always, yeah. always, 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 yeah. And and I think it's it's having a bit of curiosity around it as well. It's like do you know something's really triggered you, and you're feeling a little bit like disgruntled by it all, maybe even jealous or whatever it is. Yeah. And you think, well, why is that? Like, yeah. Like, what's made me feel that way? And then dig into that a little bit and think, oh, well, actually, do you know, now I'm starting to peel away some of these layers. Actually, that makes sense. Like, why? But like, that makes total sense. Why I'm feeling that way now. What could I do to change that? Yeah. And and I think that like that self-discovery and that personal development on a on a, a over yourself is just so powerful. But I think at the same time, there's certain things that happen naturally with age. You know, like the, the older you get, the less fucks you tend to give. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I think, I think, yeah, I think your total outlook changes, and you know, your your priorities change, don't they? And it, and it could be anything from, you know, relationships to financial to work. You know, I, I think I think there are so many changes that go on, um, you know, through your life um, that everything's like interconnected. You know, and I and I think what you want out of all those different parts, whether it be, you know, love, you know, relationships, work or financial, I always say, you've got them three things that should always be working in tandem, you know, with each other. And um, I think throughout your, you know, if you just talk about work for a second, throughout your work career, I think, I think things change, you know, I've met so many people that, um, you know, they're, they're on a real mission, and they get themselves into a job, and then they get complacent. And, you know, then, then they, look look around and realize they're you know mid 50s or whatever and go right things aren't quite working out what am I going to do now um you know I, I think for me it's in, I, I just I just don't ever see me being that complacent person um I think we've talked about our backgrounds before John and you know I think the thing about me is that and it is a blessing and it's a curse at the same time is that as a person it's in my DNA to always want more, right? And that don't mean I always want more money or that don't mean I always want more things, but I always want to better myself. And I I, I don't ever rest. Um, I don't mean physically rest, but the, my situation, my persona, it doesn't ever rest. And I'm always looking for, you know, how can we how can we do this better how can we do this more efficiently how can we you know how can we do this is going to give more impact and i think that is driven from you know from from our childhoods are from our background and I, and i think that's something that you've either got or you haven't inside you and it and it is a blessing and it is a curse and you know i think that's sometimes one of the things with me and, and my team is that the way i operate is I have a lot of energy, right? And and for me, it's really important that people around me have a lot of energy. And you know, you like when I go back to playing football, I always want to play with the best players possible because they make me look good, you know. Um, and and that to a certain extent is the same with work. You know, I, I want my team to have energy. I want them to be dynamic. I want them to be creative, right? Um, but I get really pissed off sometimes when 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 they don't show that same energy. And I think one of my downfalls is um, I expect people to have that, that, that same energy and those same values. And I think the older that you get, you realize that, that that's not fair, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and I think, like I say, it could be a blessing or a curse. That's, that's I, the thing. I, I mean, I, I, I get that. I really do. And I, and, and I, I like one of the ways that Gary V looks at that. And he says like, you know, if you want your team to have the same desire, motivation and values of you and you want the business, then give them a share of the business. Yeah. You know, give them part of the business if you want them to feel the same way as you. And I think that that makes total sense as well. And I, and I think that what we have to come to realize is that unless they are vested in your business, like they're never going to care for it the same way as you. They're, like, yeah. and 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 you're right that if that if your DNA is to naturally serve, then then that's always going to change as well. And if you're a natural giver, then then that's going to be a very hard battle for you to have because you're going to see this, and it actually frustrates you. You know, this is one of the, the things I'm talking about de developing in ourselves. Is if you're if you're a natural giver, 
the danger that you have is that you give so much and you don't get anything back or you get very little back. And, it, and very soon you become resentful and you start yeah. thinking, do you know what? This dick is giving nothing to me. I've done all this for them and I've done all this for you. And what, what do I get? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, but dude, are yeah. you asking? And it's like, well, no, I'm not asking. I, I, it should just happen. And it's like, but that's not the way the world works. You know, you've got to, you've got to go and ask for this stuff. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I, I have to chuckle sometimes. Like I'm going, you know, I've, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes, you know, in my, my career, I suppose. Well, I won't necessarily mistakes, but, you know, made, maybe made some wrong decisions and this, that, and the other. And I, I always remember like, just as a, as a sales guy, out and out sales guy on the road, you know, bit of an ego i guess um you know bringing in the numbers doing really well and at the time you know when you're early 20s or whatever you know your director at the time's kind of going you know always wanting more and this and the other and get a little bit of a chip on your shoulder and like ah, bollocks i'm not going to do that why am i doing that what are you asking me to do that for i'm i'm smashing numbers i'm doing this i'm doing that yeah piss off kind of thing and i was a right argumentative so-and-so at times and uh it's only like couldn't take criticism at all yeah you know didn't take it well you know probably was like why are you why are you doing this why are you doing that and i have to chuckle because it's only really in recent years where um i've been able to like just matured i suppose and, and controlled that side of me so when somebody's on the other side of me and they kind of giving it that ego like you know don't ask more for me and this that and the other um you kind of just just don't bite back and i that kind of going off piste a little bit but that's the biggest change that i've noticed in myself the ability to listen not react because i am a very 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 impulsive person right, right. like like if I make a decision that I want to go out and get somewhere, I get it. I don't. I don't. I, I don't have the ability sometimes to kind of slow down. But in my person, in my in my professional life, um, I have for whatever reason found that ability to kind of step back, count to ten, and not react instantly. Yeah. And um, I do chuckle because like all those challenges, and I'm, I must have been a right little ass like in my early twenties, and I it's only now that you get to, you know, mid forties or whatever, and you realize what an arse you probably were. Um, but I just guess that's maturity really. Yeah, definitely. So definitely. I was a terrible shit me as a kid. Like, <laughs> oh God. I was honestly, I, I, I remember, do you know, like Christmas time when, yeah. when you see your parents and they, and they decide they're going to embarrass you because they're going to tell all your stories about you growing up. And so I, I get this every year, do you know, my, from my parents. And so one of the stories that my, my mom consistently tells is, you know, Jonathan was such a stubborn little child. I remember even at nursery, this is what she says, at nursery, you know, we'd come, I'd come to say, come on now, it's time to go home, put all the toys away. And, and no, nope, Jonathan stood there. He's almost saying, I'm not doing it, you do it. And she's like, put them away now. And I'm like, no, you do it. And she's like, Jonathan, put those toys away. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. Don't do it. And she says, like, she's literally grabbing my hand and doing it for me. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I've always been like really stubborn. And I think that one of the things that I actually think is a strength is the fact that I'm quite stubborn. But at the same time, you've got to know when when enough is enough and you've got to be able to surrender a little as well because you can't just go, you know, bull in a china shop about everything that you want to do. I think that I think that that's a, a lesson to understand more about yourself. But you're right, like all the way through my childhood, teens, and, and probably up until I were maybe even 30, you know, I, I, I would just, you know, very, very focused on what I wanted and I got it, like by yeah. hook or by crook, you know, one way or another, I was stubborn enough to, to, to do it. And I think that that's a gift, but I think it, it can be a burden as well. Yeah. What, what do you think about, like, if you look at all the, you know, qualities and stuff in terms of, like, salespeople, like, and, um, and I know we've spoken about this before, but um, where you've got, qualities that are deep rooted within successful salespeople, right? So I often get said to me that salespeople are selfish, right? So if we just take that that thing there and it's in, you know, it is a little statement, what what's your thoughts on that? Do you think all the best people are selfish and is that a bad thing? I think that what we probably have to do is take a step back and like what what is selfish? Yeah. You know, what, yeah. what, what is actually selfish? Is it, is it better in yourself or is it that I'm just, you know, stubborn 
yeah. about wanting to get a result, either that result for, for the client or for myself. Like, where's that selfishness come from there? Yeah. Um, and and I, I don't necessarily, personally, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with being selfish because yeah. I think that, like, Life is about you. Do you know? It makes me. I often make it laugh when it's like when people you see people say, "Oh, they think the world revolves around them," and it's like, well, it kind of does for them. Do you know? Yeah. For them, it really does. Like, yeah. so do you know why would you not want to have the nice things in life that you want? But again, you've got to realize that every action has a consequence behind it, and I think that that's the real thing to remember is like what you've got is choices and consequences, and as, as long as you can live with the consequence of that choice then life is good. But yeah. if you start dicking around and that and that makes you lose your job or your your partner leaves you or whatever it is and you can't live with that consequence, don't make that choice in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I get it. And um, you know, I just I just think that if you look at um, you know, successful salespeople that you meet, I, I just think that they all they all share some form of similar qualities you know whether it be like you know we, we talked about the other day a little bit ocd or a little bit selfish or a little bit you know this or that they there's just something that you know it's going back to that debate about can you can you learn to be a great salesperson or are you actually born one and you know we could talk about that you know forever in a day and it's probably a little bit of both you know i do it's like anything in life, you know, you hear so many inspirational stories of people that they're, what's happened to people in the past has defined where they go in the future. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I do think that some, you know, really good salespeople that I've met in the years or worked with over the years, they've all got that fire in the belly, if that's what you want to call it, that desire to want to either better themselves escape a situation which their parents were in i.e you know lived in a particular area or you know went to a particular school or didn't really have much of anything there's that burning in a desire to always want to better themselves yeah um and and i think if if everybody's honest that would be the case um and again i don't know what you think about that it's... I, I, I think it's it's i think it's a really interesting debate dave because i think that i think that what often has frustrated me in the past is when people are complacent with that. I, I, well, no, not even complacent with that, content with that. You know, some, some people are just very happy living in that council estate, driving whatever car it is that they've got, struggling every month, but they know what they've got, you know, like, yeah. and, and I think that some people are just very happy with that. And I can't understand it. I'm just like, dude, like, you, you, you're tapping yourself out, spending two hundred pounds on a T-shirt, but you're living in a council house, living on borrowed time, and it's just like, like, why would you not want to change that? And and like, yeah. I think that the, the thing that I have to then say is, like, like, who gives a shit, John? Like, they're happy. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. If that's yeah. what they want to do, like, like, all right, I've bettered myself. You know, I've come out of a council estate. That's where I was brought up, and I loved it. It was the best, best childhood in the world. I don't want to live there now. You know, I worked hard to get out of there, live in a really affluent area, like drive nice cars, have nice things, live in a big house. Like I've worked incredibly hard to get all that kind of stuff. Um, but that's me. And I think that to come back to what you're saying there is that I think you've got two different types of people, aren't you? You have got the ones that are just, you know, are quite content with the struggle because they have certainty in that struggle. They know that yeah. what happens happens consistently and they've got certainty there. Whereas others, we're like, you know, we, we want that variety. We want that spice of life, so to speak. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we find significance from driving forward and moving and looking for the next things all the time. And that's our certainty in a, in a, in a weird kind of way. Um, I think that just to come back to the salespeople talk, what we're on about there, I think what's really interesting with salespeople is, is what is a good salesperson? That's the, that's a question. Is it the ones that are the high rollers now and again, or is it the steady eddies? You know, the ones that they never set the world on fire, but they just they just produce. I think again, it's a, it's a it's a real difficult question, and without sitting on the fence and getting splinters in my backside, I think it totally depends on the type of business um, that you're involved in. I mean. To, to take our business for example you know we 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 print we do communication material um we you know we're working with marketing departments and 
we we've got some big hungry beasts that need filling in terms of machinery right so for us it's about being consistent you know it's about in your monthly quota it's about getting working that keeps our machines busy but not too busy um and where you've got these massive peaks and troughs they're no really good for our kind of business because what happens with unless you've got people doing different peaks and troughs at different times of course then obviously you can manage it but typically when we look at our sales forecasting Yes, there is a little bit of seasonal vari variation in there for Christmas time and school holidays and that kind of stuff. But pretty much we want to go on a consistent line, right? Yeah. Um, and me personally, I would rather have four people in my team that are consistently performing at a level which keeps us busy than people that are doing 100 grand one month, five grand the next, yeah. 100 grand one month, five grand yeah. the next. Yeah. And I think you'll find if you really look behind those figures, what that means in a lot of the time is the person that's delivering the sales are trying to be all things to all people. And what I actually, <laughs> what it actually does is they get the sale, then they manage the sale, they get more sales and manage more sales. And they get to a point where they, they're engrossed in the detail and what they can't do is consistently prospect at a high level for new business. Yeah. So yeah. they bring in all the work, going up, more work, more work. As that work's coming in, no prospecting time, no prospecting time. Work, yeah. yeah, work ends, project ends, bang. Yeah. And that's because they've not been consistently prospecting. Yeah, yeah, that's so that's what I find when people are doing peaks and troughs. It's because they, they, they're winning work and they're managing work. What they need to get to is a level where kind of, you know, it's dead basic, but you've got your calendar, right? And you've got days and you've got times that could be considered key selling time and not key selling time. And that's a conversation for another time. But you split your week up, you know, right, this block of time and you, and, it, and I know it's basic, but you book it out and you go, right, I've got to have 30 minute lunch. Let's just get it in. Let's not kid ourselves. You're going to do 30 minute lunch, right? 10 till 12 on a Tuesday. That's going to be new business selling time. Yeah, Two till four on a Thursday. That's going to be new business selling time. You've got to start filling in your week. When you get to that point and you're picking up a phone or you're doing a video, turn your emails off. I'm on this session with you now. My emails are off, right? My emails are off because if they're not off, emails are coming through. I'm not focusing on you. I'm looking at my emails going, oh, shit, I need to sort yeah. that problem out. Yeah, yeah, now, the reality is, is when I turn my emails back on in five, ten minutes time, I'm going to have a world of shit that I'm going to have to deal with. But that's the same when you're prospecting, when you're looking for new business. A salesperson, in my experience, will do anything that they can in order to not do what's difficult, right? Yeah. It's human nature. We all do it, right? So if I'm in the middle of making two or three calls or doing two or three videos and I get an email that comes up that goes, Dave, I've got an urgent job. It's 20,000 brochures. We need to get out tomorrow. Instantly, I'm going, right, I need to sort this. Yeah. Now, what you don't realize is that that call or that video or that prospecting time that you're in that could be finding you a client that's going to deliver 50 or 100,000 pounds, right? So for me, it's all about setting your schedule, doing the right things at the right time consistently. You have a process that you follow, right? So, so if you looked at the, 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 the seller's journey, the buyer's journey, you know, whichever you look at, you, you've got different stages. You've got your research. You've got your outreach. You've got your initial phone call or video you've got your you know meeting stage you've got your proposal stage you've got your order stage you've got invoice stage and all this kind of shit very rarely does anything get missed out you know you don't go from sending a quick email to somebody to all of a sudden you've got an order you've got to do a quote first right or a proposal so it's important that you do all these things and you do all these things consistently yeah for me you make your own look right if you're sat at home, not making the calls, not putting the effort in, you ain't going to get the results. Mm. But if you are consistently doing these things every single day, irrelevant of, of how busy you are, whether you're dead quiet or you're dead busy, the best time to be prospecting and looking for new business is actually when you're busy. You feel better about yourself, you know, in the same way, you know, the best time to get a new job is when you've already got a job, right? Yeah. So it's easier. You feel better about yourself. You're buzzing. You do all these things. You do them consistently well. Um, 
and it's old-fashioned way of looking at it, but activity does breed results, and oh, it's really? as simple as that. I, I got taught a very a very long time ago that if you want that phone to ring in, you have to ring out. Yeah. The more you yeah. ring out, the more that phone's going to ring in. Yeah. And it, yeah. it just is. That's just the way it is, isn't it? Do you know what's really interesting as well is when we're talking about these reps, whether you've got the high rollers that's flashing and then crashing or whether you've got steady eddies that's just consistent. And, and the thing that I find so interesting is, is I, if we – like working with the individual like i i find the result is the same in the end so if you look yeah. at somebody and 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 they'll do half a million quid in 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 business this year and they're the flashers you know they'll do 10 grand and then they'll do three and then they'll do you know, 50 and then they'll do two and then they'll do 50 and then they'll do th- and, and throughout the year they might end up on half a million quid yeah. you look at the steady eddy and they're doing you know you know five 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 ten 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 whatever it is and they end up at half a million as well yeah. So they still end up at the same place. And the difference is, is, is I find, is it's it's not always linked back to activity, although it can be traced to that. It's linked to them individuals. It's their, their thoughts. Yeah. Because... Who's got the lowest blood pressure, though, mate? <laughs> <laughs> and the lowest heart rate, you know? Yeah, like, true, true. You know, I, I, again, mate, it, it, it just depends on, I think, the kind of business you work at. I'm sure there are, I can't think of one, but there's so many times out there where, you know the 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 hit them hard and you know get instant results and and a flurry suits that kind of business you know and I think it just depends on kind of I, no I know. agree I think that you, you you want that steady don't you you want that steadiness but rather than having a steady five like like a steady 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, why not have a steady hundred now if you've yeah, got yeah. the person who's capable of doing a hundred what we yeah. need to do is like that the mindset's the issue like yeah. they they believe in their head that they can only do half a million quid. Now, they might accelerate in the first quarter and do, do half of that. They might they might hit 250 in the first quarter, and then for the next three quarters, they, they bounce all over the place, and they still finish on a, on a half a mil. Whereas, yeah. if we can get them to win from within, like, what's going on here? Why are you limiting yourself to, 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 to five when we can maybe look at 1.5? Like, let's change yeah. that in terms of what's going on inside of here, and we'll get you consistently doing 100. But I think, I think, I know you're right, but I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, I guess how teams are managed. If we talk about sales teams, how sales teams are managed and, you know, the technology that people are using. I mean, you know, how many people are still out there? If I hate to use the word KPI, but I can't use, I can't think of any other word. But how many people out there are still managing teams with no KPIs, right? No KPIs at all. All they're interested in is a number right? right so all they give a shit about is the number that's invoiced at, at the end of the month you know how many people literally um are looking at okay so so you need to bill ten thousand pound a month Let, let's keep it simple ten thousand pound a month what's your quote conversion rate 50 percent okay well to build ten thousand pound a month you're going to need to quote twenty thousand pound a month right and to get £20,000 worth of quotes, what activity do you need to do in order to typically generate £20,000 worth of quotes? And if you keep taking that back, right back to the beginning, you start to put in other metrics, which are number of phone calls, number of Zoom meetings, Zoom meetings, number of, con- number of new contacts, right? So you start to get that traditional funnel, don't you? That kind of goes right. Right at the top, it's new contacts. Then it's being funneled out and slowly but surely you, you get narrower and narrower and narrower and you get to the real key metrics that go this is how much i need to be quoted in order to order yeah. to get this much ordered yeah. and until you start as a as a leader as a manager director whatever up in the top and turning the pressure and turning the screw a little bit excuse the expression that bottom number is just going to consistently be that consistent so you know i'm sure well i know there are so many people out there at the moment that don't even do that you know they just get hung up on a number and they're just going along the day you know it boils down to dead basic stuff like who who actually makes a list or whatever or put does a task list the night before rather than doing it at nine o'clock in the morning i'll keep it simple nine o'clock in the morning and waste a bit more time why aren't you doing it the night before? Yeah. Why, why aren't you, at the end of every 
day going right tomorrow I want to try and achieve this right and at the end of the day why aren't you going right I set out to do this I actually got it all done or actually I only got a bit of it done yeah. if you only got a bit of it done why did you only get a bit of it done sure. and you know I just I just think that you know it's all about it's a bit old-fashioned but it's all about being prepared and it's all about using your time wisely and if you're just if you're if you've got a meeting at nine o'clock and you're getting up at five to nine or whatever and you know you're not preparing you don't know what you need to get done in a day how do you even know how effective you are i know i know it's crazy isn't it? and, and, and i think that that to, to come back to what we're saying about character traits for salespeople is traditionally speaking the character traits of a salesperson is that they're not very organized, yeah, which yeah. is counter counterproductive really there in terms of the fact that what, everything that we're saying that we need to do is we need to be organized. We need to do our research. We need to know our CPR. You know, we need to all, all we need all this information. And, and, and again, the, one of the character traits is that you know, they just want to be active. They want to get busy. And I think that, look, the problem I have with KPIs, I love KPIs, by the way, but the problem I have with KPIs is put most people's measuring KPIs on what I call lag statistics. So these are things that's already happened, but you can't yeah. change. Yeah. You, know, you can't change this now. It's happened. It's gone. It's been. It's passed. What mm. you can change, though, is how that activity is used moving forward. And I think that a lot of people confuse activity with outcome. And, yeah. and so what they'll do is they'll be like, well, I'm, I'm active on LinkedIn. I'm active on social media. I'm active doing this. And, and that activity is not linked and tied directly into an outcome. And I think that you just touched on it a little bit then. It's like, right, okay, cool. This is the outcome. We need a sale. So yeah. how, how many... Do you know how many proposals do we need to send to get a deal? So we need to send, you know, we get, we convert 25% or let's just yeah. say we come one in five, for example, or one in four. Yeah. So, okay. What do we need to do to be able to send four proposals? Well, we need to, you know, make contact with 50 people a week. We need to do 25 phone calls. We need to send a hundred emails. We need to write one new blog article. We need to, and, and, and it's just exactly the same as what you said, yeah. what's leading them down to there. But most people's not thinking that way. They're just thinking, no. well, I'm putting the activity in Dave, like shit, why is it not happening? Yeah. But most people are probably thinking I've got eight hours in front of me. I just want to fill my eight hours without any thought in terms of what works, what don't work, what they should be doing when, you know, they just, you know, and, and you know, as, 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 as kind of, you know, managers, that, that has become really difficult during the pandemic to manage really difficult because all of a sudden you've not got visibility, right? Yes. You've got technology. HubSpot's a fantastic tool as we've talked about many times before at the touch of a button, I can see, you know, the number of emails my team spent, the number of replies they've got. Um, I can see the number of video outreaches. I can see what their conversion rate is. I can see, you know, um, how how many days it takes to close a sale. You know, we've got all of these metrics that are just just incredible. incredible. And like, you wouldn't even have any of that, you know, like five, 10 years ago. Mm. Um, so the technology allows us to... Um, have a finger on the pulse want of a better word you know a heartbeat call it what you like mm. um which which is incredible um do you but... think do, do you think that technology as great as it is has also made people a little bit lazy they, yeah, I, I, and what, what i mean by that is they rely on that template too much they rely on the fact that they can press a button and the information is done that, you know, rather than putting that little bit extra, extra care, attention and work in there, everything's done for them. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think we, uh, I think you actually touched on this in your, in your training yesterday, um, on one of your sessions was around, you know, looking at templates for people and making, you know, obviously making people's lives easier, but it's not just about the template. It's about taking the time to understand the content and the context of what you're putting down in that template 100%. and, you know, take the time to, to research the prospect, but don't, don't just say you've researched it. You've got to, you've got to evidence it. Oh, so, yeah. Don't say you've yeah. read the article and not actually gone and, re and, and actually read it. Yeah. You know, you, you could even go as far to say, you know, I don't know, like, like you've just, the guys just put out a podcast and something that really touched or pulled on your heartstrings at two minutes, 37 in, 
was, yes. you know. So really make it really personal, uh, and um, that's that's what you've got to do. I mean, it's no it's no different, really, is it? From you know, twenty years ago, you'll be sat in a meeting and you're in a meeting in the guy's office and you look around and, and straight away you're looking, right, where's his photographs? Can I see yeah. any photographs? What football team does he support? Yeah. You know, has he got, is that his wife that's there with his kids or is it his granddaughter or, you know, oh, what, what is it? Yeah. All you're doing is you're gathering information, aren't you? Yeah. To use yeah. later on in the sales process. Yeah. But, but, um, but again, only use it if it's actually true. And I think that's the problem, isn't it? Is yeah. that if you're sat in that office and you see that he supports Chelsea, don't tell him that you support Chelsea as well, man, because yeah. you're going to get sniffed out. Just, like, yeah. if, if he's got like fishing trophies on his cabinet, don't start talking about fishing unless you're an avid fisher yourself. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because you're just going to look a complete fool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's about, you know, it's a, I think it's about doing your own work and doing your research and, um, yeah. But there are, you're right, there are so many tools available now and, you know, I guess if you're not careful, you could you could get complacent with it, and you could be considered to be to be lazy. Mm. Um, but I think that's why you've got to kind of keep it personal. And we, we was having this conversation the other day. I'd rather I would rather one of my sales guys not commit to contacting 20, 30 people a day, but commit to contacting five people a day properly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So. I think now we live in a world where it's not, yes, numbers are important and activity is important, but I think that personalization, that person-centered approach is more applicable and needed now than it's ever been. So let's focus on less and it's the old fashioned less is more. And I think, you know, that that's certainly what my team's now starting to look at is how can we be more personal? How can we be more effective by not going for like 50 calls a day or 100 calls a day, but going for less, but make them more personalized. And I, and I agree, but with a slight disagreement on that. And I'll tell yeah. you why. I think it all depends on the value of the order, the average value order. Yeah. Because if you're chasing 25 quid orders, like you spending 20 minutes, half an hour time doing research on them, trying to build personalization, like it's just not worth it for the 25 quid average order. You know, no, it's got to be numbers, call, 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 call. Whereas yeah. when you're talking, you know, a grand, 15, five, 10 grand orders and things like that as well, then put the effort in because like, you'll win. I agree yeah. with you completely. We, you know, one of, the, one of the things that we have done really well over the years is really profiling um, who our customers are and who we want them to be. You know, looking at certain sectors, uh, certain individuals, going back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, our our customer were really astute technical print buyers, right? New print like the back of their hand, um, predominantly men, um, you know, uh, men that had got many years experience um, in buying print, new print like the back of the hand. Yeah. Further from the truth now, you know, yeah. it, it couldn't be further away. Um, you know, we now deal with marketing people, degree educated people, um, people that spend... Changed. Yeah, people spending their lives, you know, Netflix and 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 cloud-based technology. The messaging has totally changed. Um, that's not to say that they don't understand print, but they don't understand it at the technical level that you know people before did. Yeah, sure. So, I think it's about profiling your customers and and understanding what your ideal customer is, what the average order value is, and what you want to get out of it. And yeah. you know, when you're in a situation where you've got um, low-value products. Um, you want to, what's the word, it's, it's stack it high, sell it cheap or, yeah. you know, whatever, yeah, yeah, then yeah, yeah, you're right. But when you're talking about a service or a product that's got an average order value of, you know, £2,000 and above, yeah. when you're really looking for customers that spend £50,000 a year and above, put the effort in. That's really where you've got to put yeah. the effort in, yeah. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree with you, 100%. Same thing. There's no right or wrong, by the way. It's whatever your model is. So It's, it's been a scientist again, isn't it? It's yeah. split testing. It's, you know, like, and this is what I say to people all the time. They're like, John, like you're saying don't cold call as much. I'm saying, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying if you cold call and it works, keep doing it. Don't, don't, yeah. don't stop. But if you're cold calling and it's not really working, maybe just look at some of the ways that you can do and, and split test a little bit because cold calling does work. It yeah. still works. It will, and I believe it will always work. 
you know, it just doesn't work as, as well as it once did. Like email yeah. marketing works, just not, you just don't get the open rates like you once did. Yeah. Social media is going to be the same way soon. Like you look at Facebook, how they choke the shit out of your feeds right now. Yeah. You know, you've got a thousand people that, that like your page and you'll be lucky if a hundred people see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, so yeah. I think, it, again, it's like, it's just test, 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 test all the time. And sure. who was it who, famous, who was it who said it? I forget the name now. They were saying like, you know, on about marketing in, in terms of spending and advertising on marketing, they're saying, do you know what? 50% of our marketing works and 50% of it doesn't work. We just don't know which, which, which way around it goes. Which way around it is, yeah. 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 No, no, it's, it's good. It's interesting. And, uh, you know, sales, marketing, it's, it's it is. I love it. Yeah, you literally talk about it all day. Oh, yeah. um, and, so, uh, which, which I think we're going to have to bring it in for a landing, aren't we? Because otherwise we could talk about it all day, mate. Well. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and I've had like five coffees this morning and I'm desperate for the loo. So without wanting to sit here in a big puddle, um, yeah. yeah, we need, we need a bit to too much information, though, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dave, it's been absolutely wonderful speaking for you. Anyone what's watching or listening to this, where can they find out more about, you know, like what you, what you guys do and, you know, get involved with you? and, and Yeah, like, sure. There's, there's, there's various channels. We've got, you know, we've got a fantastic website, uh, which is, um, you know, bbpress.co.uk. Um, uh, on there, there's all sorts of information around, you know, us as a business, our Be Brilliant Club, which is a, a really interesting club aimed at, you know, creatives, marketing people, loads of, you know, there's, there's not a hard sell on there at all. There's not even a sell. It's just, you know, it's it's hints, tips, ebooks, downloads, blog posts, all useful stuff that people will find interesting. You know, we've got a great following on LinkedIn. We've got a great following on Twitter. Just just Google BNB Press. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we're in Rotherham, South Yorkshire. So excellent, mate. Excellent. Yeah. Dave, it's been absolutely wonderful again. Cheers, John. We could do this and, all uh, but, uh, yeah, it's good, mate. It's good. Thanks for your time. No, anytime, mate. Take care. Bye bye. All the best.